The Golden State Warriors just made a trade for Nikola Jokic. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That was so cruel. That was cruel. That was mean. I was living in fantasy land. But the Warriors did sign someone. Kyle and Mills and I are going to break that down next. There was a blockbuster trade in the NBA today uh, that we got to dissect because it does affect yeah. the Warriors in a lot of ways. We're breaking it all down next. This, where's my open, is Locked on Warriors. You are Locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guarantee. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. You can follow my colleague, my partner in crime on this program, Kylan Mills, on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotz's on threads and Instagram at dog wild. I'm lurking on Twitter, but I refuse to support Elon, but our program is on Twitter at locked on dubs. Kylan, it is great to see you. We had to reschedule because of a power outage uh, that I suddenly had. I, I still don't know what happened. All of a sudden there's darkness everywhere. Uh, so I apologize to the audience. That was entirely on me. Great to see you. How are you doing? And what is your first, first reaction to the news that came out today? Hidden in the Dame uh, Lillard blockbuster trade that just hours earlier, the Warriors signed a player that a lot of people really actually were interested in, and he's now a training camp invite, Rudy Gay. How are you, and what are your th first thoughts on Rudy Gay being a training camp invitee? Cyrus, doing well. Um, good to see you. Glad that you, you have the lights back on at your house. That's important <laughs> uh, to doing a podcast. I just, like... The Rudy Gay thing was a little bit of a head scratcher to me, not entirely because, you know, there were reports out the Warriors were looking for another wing. I mean, he is a guy who can play wing, can play forward. Um, but I'm scratching my head because he is a player who is old, past his prime. What happened and what was wrong with Dwight Howard? That's wow. my question. I would prefer, and I think this team needs more of a true center. Now, Gay does add some size and front court depth, so I don't hate the move. He is 6'8", and he does typically play, like I said, you know, kind of a wing, small, power forward type of position. Um, but I still just don't understand what was the issue with Dwight Howard. Because all indications were that the Warriors leaders and players on the team signed off on him, the vets. He would have brought more size, more rim protection than a Rudy Gay would. If you're looking at, you know, the age comparison, they're both players who are way up there um, in terms of being veterans and then some in the league. So I just think it's like an interesting move. Like you had Dwight Howard, who really could have been more of that backup center that I think the Warriors need and provided that interior protection that they need as they look up at the Denver Nuggets and Nicole Jokic and what they can do. And instead you go with a guy who's just as old, but smaller. I, I, mm, I mean, I don't hate it. I just, why not Dwight Howard? I guess that's yeah. just my question that I'm left asking. I have an answer for you. Uh, I I I I, uh, I was talking to one of my my very close uh, friends who also is an insider with the Warriors. 
Um, and the best answer I could get about Dwight Howard, because you're right, they met for like, why meet with him for two days? Like, right. why it was an extensive meeting and the players signed off on him. So that's yes. just what made me surprised about the way the whole thing took a turn. Yes. And, and just, but, and, and, and I'm with you. I, you know, some people, you know, ask, you know, what was he's 37? What good is he going to do? Dwight Howard was playing lockdown defense, or at least as close to that as possible on Nikola Jokic just three years ago, helping the Lakers win a world title. He could have done the same thing for the Warriors this year. We're on the exact same page there. My understanding from what I learned about why Dwight Howard did not sign with the Warriors is that Dwight Howard is, and and I don't know this personally. I've never interviewed Dwight Howard myself. I don't know if you have, but he's supposedly a complex individual. He's a bit of an egotistical individual. And apparently the Warriors didn't want to deal with someone who may have been a complicated persona in the locker room, considering he was just going to be a role player, maybe playing 10 to 15 minutes a night, maybe not playing at all. Apparently, according, that's what the front office is. That's what their supposed feelings are, is that, and and look, Mike, Mike Dunleavy Jr. was rather dismissive when he was asked about that, about that during the press conference Monday. Um, I played that soundbite on, on, I think, Monday's show. And yeah, and they just didn't like him. So you're right, the players... Uh, we're in. I think the, like Dwight Howard went for a workout with Draymond with Chris Paul right after right after those uh, those two day meetings. Yeah. But it, I don't know if it's Dunleavy. I don't know if it's Kerr. But uh, one of the two, maybe both, collectively decided this guy's a little too much for us, considering he's just going to be a role player. That's what I've learned. Um, and, and I don't I don't subscribe to that ethos as coaching as le- like to me. If you're going to be a coach in the NBA. Don't be scared off by personalities that might be challenging. Embrace it. Coach it. Uh, like, 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 Kylan, you're from the Midwest. The Chicago Bulls, Phil Jackson, he took on oh, yeah. Dennis Wadman, one of, the most, one of the most eclectic individuals, eccentric individuals on the planet, and he helped the, the Chicago Bulls win three titles. Now, I understand that's not a fair equivalent. So Dwight Howard is, is at the tail end of his career, although he's only three years older than Rodman was, but – you know, I, I want my coaches to not be afraid of personalities like that. Bring it in and and, and mold them to, to work with the team. But the team didn't do it. So uh, Rudy Gay, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, what, what about, you know, we haven't heard your thoughts yet on Rodney Magruder. He's another training camp invite. My understanding is the maximum number of players that a team can bring in for a training camp is 21. That's the roster limit. So when they signed Rudy Gay, that, that means someone else got bumped off. I don't know who that is, but uh, apparently uh, Rodney Magruder has also been given uh, a non-guaranteed deal. He's going to be uh, competing in training camp. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, he's 6'4". I don't know much about him defensively. I know he shot the ball well the last few years from deep, but what are your thoughts on Rodney Magruder before we move on from this subject? I mean, I just don't see why the Warriors would need another guard. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, Magruder, you mentioned, 6'4", good on the offensive end, I guess, you know, has solid dribbling ability, can drive to the hoop. Uh, you mentioned some solid, uh, some good shooting from distance as well. Uh, also rebounds well for his size. That's one thing about him. A little bit streaky, though, as a score, as a lot of uh, shooters and guards often are. I don't know about defense. I think he's pretty limited defensively. Um, and I just don't know why the Warriors would add another guard. I think they're plenty loaded um, in terms of just the one, the two, even the three. Um, so I don't know. I, I just don't think that's a skill set the Warriors are lacking at this point. That's for sure. I mean, a guard who doesn't play great defense, like <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, like I don't see that being a huge asset at this point, even as a far off depth piece to me. Eh. <laughs> no, that Kyle, I feel like that's so much of this offseason. I think like the, the <laughs> Dario Sarich thing was awesome, right? Like Trace Jackson Davis, awesome. And Chris Paul, I, I have no answer for that yet. I need we need, I think we need to see it before there's any yeah, for sure. a judgment. But you're right. Ever since the early part of the offseason, eh, 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 eh. Well, here, look, I, I don't hate the Rudy Gay thing. And last year he played 56 games. Yes, right. It's not like it's not like a horrible thing. It's just that I hate it. They might not do anything. It might do something. Last year he played fifty six games. He played forty. I'm sorry, fourteen point six minutes. Uh, his three point shooting percentage was twenty five point two, which is a steep decline from the previous year when he was at thirty four point five, and that matches his career average almost of thirty four point six. So he's not like this lights out three point shooter. I'm guessing you're bringing bringing him in partly for. Uh, you know, to subscribe to the system, to 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 fit into chemistry. Um, he averaged 2.9 rebounds last year. The numbers don't excite you, but he, numbers he are not good really from last year. No. Yeah, he was. I mean, remember like those years he was playing with the Spurs. I remember he like he was good, like he was really good. But he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of crazy. Um, when we uh, when we come back, I want to get your thoughts on on uh, on Steve Kerr's comments. I'm still a little tripping out a little bit about this. Uh, our, our mutual friend Janelle Moore, for example, she was on Twitter saying that Steve Kerr seemed very clear about uh, the messaging regarding Chris Paul being a sixth starter. I don't see how that's clear at all. I don't know what that means. You can only start five people. So when we come back, I would love to get your thoughts on that. And then we're going to talk about this Dame Lillard trade because that is huge. And we'll talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, first, though, we got sponsors. We got companies that pay our bills and we thank them forever for that. And today's is FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, how's let, Let's shift to the NFL real fast, Kyla. Now, you, you cover a lot of sports. Um, how are you feeling about the NFL, about the our local team, the Niners? They're one of the best teams in the NFL, and they've been covering spreads. They've been dominating. What are your thoughts on them? I think the 49ers are great. I'm betting on the Niners going forward in the season. That's for sure. I think that they are very realistic Super Bowl contenders if they can stay healthy. That's the biggest question. Uh, they did an excellent job. They signed Nick Bosa, brought him back in the season. They're going to have a dominant defense. If Brock Purdy can keep doing what he's been able to do uh, since earning the starting job, he's been a little bit up and down uh, here in the early going of the season. But I think if everyone stays healthy, this is a very serious Super Bowl contending team. Totally and I'm putting agree. my money on. Totally agree with you. And, and I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they're a perfect 3-0 against the spread uh, in, again, in addition to their perfect record. And if you want to win money on the Niners and so much more, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. Five bucks and you could get $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day for the everydayers upcoming this week. Kylan, you've got a really busy schedule, so I don't know if you're going to join me again this week. Uh, but I do. I'm I'm planning on possibly having Trice High join the program to promote his Stephen Curry uh, documentary. Um, I, and I want to ask you this, Kylan, in a second because I am going to dedicate a show to this. It might be one of our least popular shows, but this is just going to be fulfilling my own personal interest, which is the TV show winning time i'm going to get one of the the the, the i think the kamensky brothers i forgot how you pronounce their last name they host the lock on lakers show i'm really bummed that winning time got canceled i thought that was a phenomenal show did you get a chance to watch it at all no <laughs> <laughs> that's why they got canceled but uh no, look, we'll take your word for it si. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a show to, the, to that program because i'm a student of dynasties and I, there was a lot about the early about the late 70s early 80s nba that I didn't yeah. know about, and it was really fascinating watching the rise of, even though they're the, they're the Warriors rivals, but the Warriors are still technically in a dynasty period themselves. There is a method to the madness of maintaining that success. So we're going to have a, a show dedicated to that. Um, Mike Silver's son, Greg Silver is going to come on the program. We're going to talk about, and I guess I'll, we'll touch on this real fast about the Warriors possibly getting into the WNBA business. Uh, there's a lot of uh, reports out there that this might become a possibility. What are your thoughts on that? Like, like there might be, and finally, it's shocking to me. There's no team in the Bay Area. That's really bizarre to me. There was one way at the beginning, and they moved. Um, what are your thoughts on the Warriors possibly being owners of a WNBA team based in Oakland but playing in Chase Center? I have a lot of thoughts, but first I want to give a shout-out to SG Sports Talk Channel. Hi. They've been leaving a couple of comments. They also mentioned that they watched me on the Sammies, San Jose State's Athletic Awards Banquet, which aired on NBC Sports Bay Area Back in like late May or June, uh, I hosted with Justin Allegri. Shout out one of my good friends who's now the voice of Cal football. So thank you for watching that on NBC Sports Bay Area. We appreciate it. Um, I hope that I'm down to earth, or at least I try to be because yeah, I am are. here you on are. earth. <laughs> you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, but thank you for watching. And thank you for watching us here on Locked on Warriors. Appreciate it. And Ernie B says, go SJSU. I'm a fan. I've got a lot of friends down there at San Jose State. And you are a is it an associate professor? What's the official title, Cyrus? Uh, official title is lecturer, but okay, you know, lecturer. So say, I know I just, it's different I, if you're non-tenure track, whatever. Exactly. And you I'm also work here, though. Yeah, exactly. So we are friends of the Spartans here in the program. Um, so awesome, Ernie, that yeah. you retired from there. Yay! Uh, back to the WNBA, though. I think it's fantastic. It is about time. I think the Warriors being involved and investing in that would be a fantastic opportunity. The women's game is growing. You see it across not just the NBA, but the way the collegiate game has blown up. Um, last year's women's college final was the most watched in, I can't remember how many years, but, uh, you know, 20 plus years. It's drawing the biggest viewership it's drawn. Uh, the WNBA is continuing to draw the largest viewership it's drawn. I know that the early rounds, of the playoffs that have been going on the last couple of weeks have been doing really big numbers. So I think this is a huge opportunity for a sports franchise like the Warriors that's been at the forefront of progress to invest in the women's game and put their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting women's sports. Um, with how competitive athletics are here in the Bay Area, it's just crazy that there's not. And also shout out to Bay FC, uh, some of the women who are legends here in the Bay Area and soccer for finally bringing a women's professional soccer team to the Bay Area in 2024. Bay FC is officially going to begin play next year. Uh, Leslie Osborne, Danielle Slayton, Allie Wagner, Brandi Chastain, legends of the U.S. Women's National Team, who also happen to play at Santa Clara and still reside here in the Bay Area, are bringing women's soccer. So I think it's a natural next step to have a professional women's basketball team. 
I think that the fan base here would be ready for it. We have not just ravenous Warriors fans, but basketball fans. People in the Bay Area love basketball. And I think it would be awesome to have the young women who are playing here have professionals in their backyard that they can look up to and, you know, have the opportunity to go see play in person. Why are you laughing? Because of this comment, I'm so sorry to interrupt your role, but look at what, what, what Nigel Spar just wrote. He, he writes, Cyrus, I've been listening to this podcast for a very long time. My wife hates your voice because I'm always listening. Shower, work, bed, this replaced sports, I'm guessing, center in my life. Thank you. I was just laughing at that. That's because that's how I'm flattered, man. I'm honored. Thank you. That's that's anyways, continue on. I'm sorry, Kyla. I didn't mean to interrupt. Your, <laughs> oh, you're all your good. Head. I just couldn't keep going with your face like that. Uh, I uh, just cracking up. That's I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just that it's long overdue. The Bay Area is a fantastic sports market because there are fans and people who are very passionate about their teams here. So why not bring professional athletes and professional female athletes uh, here to the Bay Area. Excited to see Bay FC next year, but I think there needs to be women's pro hoops. And so I hope that the Warriors can help make that happen. I think that would be very exciting. It is mind-blowing to me that there's no team here. And I remember there was a team way at the beginning when the WNBA first uh, started. I I don't know the details of why they moved. I I, I think they were playing in San Jose at the uh, the same arena that the Sharks playing. I think. Don't quote me on these. I'm just basing this off my memory from many years ago. Um, Oh, here's my... Only concern. And Greg Silver and I are going to dive into this, too. He's he's very passionate about this. I'm curious to know why he is. And I love it. Um, But my only concern is, is that I hope if the ownership group is, in fact, Joe Lacob, Peter Gruber and company, that they're not just doubling up people's jobs. Like, I'm really excited. And and, and maybe I'm weird saying this, but part of my excitement for for more franchises, sports franchises coming to the Bay Area is it it opens up more opportunities for people who want to get into sports media, broadcasters, yeah. PR people, uh, even administrators, uh, you know, the athletes themselves. I mean, you name it. It's just it just opens up a whole new world of opportunities for people. And I just hope that they don't that the Lake of and Goober don't just don't just go, hey, you're doing this for us. Now do this for that as well. And just and just double the workload for people. I want more opportunities for individuals. That's my only concern with the Warriors ownership group, you know, being in charge of the WNBA team. Am I crazy saying that? Maybe I am. I don't know. I but that's just that's my one my one skepticism about them owning the team. I don't know. Am I, am I crazy saying that or no? What do you think? No, I mean, I think it's a huge opportunity whenever an, a professional sports team comes to a city for jobs. I mean, it's an opportunity not just for people who want to work in sports media, but for members of the community to get to be a part of this and what's yes. going to be a landmark organization, whether you're you know, taking tickets at the front or you're working on game days. I mean, not just full-time employees who are on the you know sports administration or front office side or media side. Uh, but also, you know, the individuals who are on the ground floor on game day uh, and or involved in the everyday activities with the team. Um, I think it's huge opportunity. It's great also because a lot of these WNBA teams do hire and elevate women into these front office positions, which is just something that, you know, needs to happen more in sports. But this is one way that, you know, women can obtain those types of positions. Um, right. So, you know, I also agree with that. I would hope that they will bring you know, bring some women on and, and that they will, uh, you know, look for those opportunities to create more jobs, because I think all around, it's going to help the Bay Area. You also have to take into account, there's a very good chance the Oakland Athletics are going to be leaving the Bay. So I think that this will be a good revitalization in terms of, you know, bringing more fans together who like sports and also providing some job opportunities, because when the A's leave, 
a lot of people are going to be out of jobs. And that's something that I keep thinking about is the hot topic of Oakland, you know, possibly being in its last couple of years, having the athletics in town is that, you know, there are a lot of people who've invested a lot. um, And it's going to be really sad to see when they lose those jobs. And you, by the way, a woman who uh, Jennifer AZ is one that I think of who has stepped in. She's the business development officer for the Las Vegas aces. She's been on some warriors broadcasts, um, previously worked at the university of San Francisco, someone, a lot of folks uh, around the Bay area know well, but like now is getting this opportunity. She's in the front office at the aces. And I just think we need more women like that. So I hope that there is, you know, a big effort and she's a Stanford grad, by the way. Um, I hope there is a big effort uh, from Lake of and company to not just hire, you know, new jobs and new roles, but also to hire women. Oh, and if you're an old school, uh, area born and bred individual like me, you know Jennifer AZ very well. I mean, she was my favorite uh, 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 woman basketball player for decades. She led Stanford to a title. And yeah. I remember that. I, I remember watching that. Like, <clears throat> my, my one of my best friends, uh, Sam and I, like, we were sitting there rooting for him. Like, we were all in. So, no, Jennifer AZ is a legend here in the Bay Area. Uh, absolutely adore her. Um, and and you're right. I, I do truly hope that uh, – I do hope this happens. I, I, I there, there, just, there just can't be enough sports, man. And especially here in Northern California. We love basketball. We love soccer. Bring it in. It's shocking to me it hasn't happened yet. Uh, so, yeah. So, shifting gears here. I want to play the soundbite. I played it on Monday's show, but I want to play it again one more time. Um, at least a part of it. This is uh, Steve Kerr talking about uh, the fact that he's going to have six starters on his team. I want to quickly get your reaction to this, Kylan, because it's kind of looning to me. You obviously have your established starting lineup and you have Chris coming in. Have you, have you thought any more or made any decisions based on, on starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, we basically have six starters. I mean, the way I look at it and um, only five can, can go each night. So um, I haven't decided yet. Uh, what we're going to do. I want to see training camp. We're going to try different combinations and, and take a look. Obviously all six guys are going to play. Uh, all right, I'll just stop right there. Cause I don't, I don't see the point in going too far into that, but it's just like, I, is this going to be a distraction? Is it, is it, is this weird to you that, that the warriors made this big trade that for Chris Paul and one of Chris Paul's first messages is I don't want to come off the bench. He's like that. That doesn't ring team ethos to me, you know? Uh, and, and I know Steve Kerr is trying to, to placate Chris Paul's ego along with everyone else, but what are your thoughts on all this? I think it's crazy. I don't understand how you trade for a player like Chris Paul, who's been a starter literally his entire career without having the discussions about what his role is going to be with the Warriors as that trade is being made, if not before that trade is being made, because that should, to me, have been a big part of him coming to the Warriors would be accepting whatever the role might be that the Warriors are going to give him and what's going to work the best for the team. And so to me, it was very concerning, um, you know, hearing that he would come to the Warriors and say, well, what do you mean? What makes you think I'm not starting now? I think that, you know, professional players are competitive. They want to start great, but there should have been discussions before the trade was officially executed about what the role would be. And was he willing to accept that role? I mean, in a similar way to the discussions we've been having about Dwight Howard, like if Dwight Howard were to come to the Warriors, he would have to be willing to accept the role the Warriors give him. He'd have to be willing to be that mentor in the locker room. He'd have to be, you know, willing to go along with the culture and to, you know, do all these other things um, in terms of the off-court stuff that would make the whole situation work. Now, Chris Paul doesn't have the reputation that Dwight Howard does, but still he is 
a player who's always been a starter, has been very vocal in the locker room and has been, you know, very upfront in sharing his opinions. And to me, it should have been something that was addressed very early on. Like, hey, your role very well may be coming off the bench. If not, your role is going to be coming off the bench. To me, that is where he provides the most value. Um, maybe the Warriors front office sees it differently, but regardless, I think that should have been a subject that was broached very early on in him coming. Yeah, I'm cool with coming off the bench. And to me, like that should have been the first words out of his mouth. Like, yeah, if I have to come off the bench, like I'm good with that. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I hope it doesn't become a distraction. I hope that he's willing to accept whatever role uh, he's given. But I also hope that the Warriors figure out a starting five because I just don't think when you look at championship teams, it does not work. If you're changing the starting five regularly, oh, it's going to be six. We don't really know what we're going to do night in and night out. Now, with the Warriors having so many older players, I think there will be some natural rotation because guys mm-hmm. are going to be sat out just to rest. You know, Steph, Draymond, they always seem to take some knocks every year. So I think in that regard, that all makes sense. Um, and they're going to be able to rotate in that way. But when it comes time for like the playoffs or your most competitive games, there has to be a set five. It yep. can't be, oh, we don't know, maybe, like that has to be decided. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And 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 and, the, and Chris Paul's attitude is kind of starting to make me wonder if maybe this is why you've never won a ring, dude. Like like put the team above you. Like just why not just embrace and say the right things? Hey, look, if coach wants me to come off the bench, I come off the bench. Yes, like yes. Instead of that's this, what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear from him. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What Absolutely. And, and a couple people in the chat are mentioning that uh, trade Chris Paul for Drew Holiday. Please do that yesterday. I mean, I don't think the Trailblazers will sign up for that. But And that leads into our final t- topic. I know we, you got to run. We're wrapping things up here. Uh, but a huge trade came down today. Damian Lillard did not go to the team that we all thought he was going to go to, and that's the Miami Heat. Instead, yep. he gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. The full details of the trade is a three-team trade that involved the Portland Trailblazers. So Milwaukee gets Damian Lillard. The Blazers get Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, 2029 first-round pick, two pick swaps, which are very valuable. The, the Phoenix Suns, my good friend Christian Peterson, an AP photographer, or Getty photographer, I'm sorry, in Phoenix, uh, he's he hated this trade. He thinks uh, losing DeAndre Ayton cost the Suns a chance at a title. The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, who is injury-prone. He's a defensive cone. They get Grayson Allen. Dirty player. Uh, they also get Nasser Little and Keon Johnson. What is your reaction to this blockbuster trade? To me, it's no surprise that Damian Lillard was gone and was moving on because we know he requested a trade. He's been wanting to, to go somewhere else. But like you had mentioned, it seemed like things were pointed to the Miami Heat. That was the most likely destination. So to me, not surprised that he was moved, but surprised that, as to where he ended up going. Um, to me, uh, you know, you saw it today in, in the odds makers. I mean, the Bucks went from being up there to being NBA fine or NBA championship favorites. They were prior to that, like second or third favorites to win the East. Um, so to me, mind blowing to, to really think about Damian Lillard playing alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo and the damage that those two could do. Luckily they're in the East. So the Warriors don't have to worry about that. Um, for a little bit longer and not a horrible thing to see Damian Lillard out of the West, which is what we expected this trade would res- or a trade of Dame would result in. Right. Um, but I don't know, man. So the DeAndre Aiden thing is interesting because 
I certainly think that he is a better he, I mean, I don't think there's any question. He's a better player than Nurkic. He's earlier in his career, has a much higher ceiling, a better two-way player by a long shot. But to me, there was something just off. Like there was the whole discontent a year ago. The, the organization was really reluctant to sign him to that max deal. They only did it to match an offer the Pacers uh, were throwing on the table for Aiton. And, you know, there was criticism from the fans about his energy, his attitude. I just feel like something seemed a little bit off with DeAndre yeah. Ayton at in the Suns organization. So I don't even know that that entirely surprised me to see him move. Um, yeah. The question is, did the Suns get better or worse? Mm. I mean, Nurkic, you mentioned, not a defender and definitely not as good of a defender as De- DeAndre Ayton. But to me, that's not what the Suns' strength is going to be anyway. I mean, to me, this is an organization that has embraced the fact that they're going to be a high-scoring, high-powered offense. Kevin Durant, hopefully healthy, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. Um, so to me, I don't know necessarily that the Suns are way worse off than where they were. They added a couple depth pieces. I mean, Grayson Allen can shoot the basketball. He's a dirty player, but <laughs> could provide some depth. But to yeah. me, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting that you said you have a friend who thinks they completely blew their title shot. Uh Getting rid of Aiton. Uh, it is I, weird. I, I was I was perplexed by that too, and I, I, I asked a lot. I, I don't know that I feel that way. Yeah. What do you think? Here's here's how I feel, and I know you got to run, so so I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. My two strong opinions of this trade is this one, and I, I feel like I'm going to be in the minority saying this, but I think the Bucks got worse. I value Drew Holiday as a player tremendously, not only for being a solid point guard overall, but he's a defensive stalwart. You just gave up. A player who is not as injury prone as Dame Lillard. I mean, he has his own injuries, but who is night and day a better defender than Dame Lillard. You just gave that up to make Giannis happy by by pairing him with another superstar. I, I don't think that's going to translate to a title. I really don't. I don't think that makes the Bucks a better team. Um, but I also think for the Warriors' sake, getting DeAndre Aiden away from the Suns m- helps the Warriors. I almost feel like the Suns are now one less team to worry about because they never had an answer for DeAndre Aiden. And that was the one player in the Suns that the Warriors were going to have issues with. They can handle the Suns team now. I actually, I actually felt good about this trade from the Warriors' perspective. The Portland Trailblazers, two years from now, could be a danger, but they're not a danger yet. Um, but for the people in the chat saying trade for Drew Holiday, I'm all in on that. If for the people suggesting trade for DeAndre Aiden, I'm all in on that. I would love DeAndre Aiden on the Warriors. Um, so those are my quick two quick thoughts. Any final thoughts, uh, Kylan, before we wrap it up? Someone commented, does this mean Andre Iguodala is not on the Warriors anymore? I mean, I don't know when this man is going to finally announce his retirement, but he's got to be retiring. Got to. He's got to. We're knocking on the door of October here. Like, I, I don't know what episode of Point Forward he's going to announce it on, but I don't think there's any way Iguodala is coming back to the Warriors. I don't think he plays another game in the NBA, but I could be wrong. Agreed. I still need to listen to the last podcast with JJ Redick. A lot of people were telling me I need to listen to that, and there were some golden nuggets in there. I'm going to tune into that as well. Kylan, great as always to see you. Great show as always. Thank you to everyone for joining us. I'm sorry if we didn't get to uh, some of the chat questions you presented, but I will say this. To Zolas, yes, the Warriors are better this year than last year. We can, I think we can safely say that. Whether they're good enough to win a title, we'll find out. Um, Kylan, thanks as always. It is always such a pleasure to see you, and thanks to the audience, to the kind words, and just to everything. Be happy out there, folks. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Adios.